0: (laughs) Father, thank you so much for this season of joy, this season of preparation, this season of wonder so difficult to grasp how a big, awesome, sovereign God would come among us, would tabernacle among us, tent among us, become one of us to bring salvation. But we are so, so grateful. We are so in awe of your love that surpasses all understanding. We worship you. We praise you. We lift you high. We ask that you would give us a deeper glimpse of your love and your kindness today in this, in this next uh, devotional that we do, this time of reflection on your word. Bring it to life by the power of the Holy Spirit within us May we go away from here more prepared to celebrate you this Christmas than ever before. Lord, may this be a rich and deep time of worship, this whole um, next couple of weeks as we really focus on your birth. May we not be distracted by all of the shopping and all of the material things around us. Lord, may we see you through those we gather with. May we see you through the lights. May we see you through the joy and the act of giving. May we see you uh, in surprising ways this year.
1: Father,
0: we thank you. We thank you for your word. We read it with reverence and delight, Lord, asking you to speak clearly to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome. It's great to see you all again this morning. Um, who was it? Mary? Somebody said we should have just slept here because uh, pulled up a piece of carpet and just uh, slept here. We had a great time last night. We missed those of you who... Weren't able to be with us, but uh, it was wonderful joy, celebration, uh, fun, laughter, um, lights, and delicious food, and just family. And so it it was really great to be together. So thank you all for those of you who were able to come and bring food and help with setting up and decorating and everything. So today we're continuing... Uh, Part four of our Advent series on the book *Making Room in Advent* by Betty Dickinson, who is an author and an artist, and um, she she just has such rich thoughts to share with us, and we've been enjoying this series. So today is on making room for preparation, as we prepare our hearts to really celebrate uh, Jesus in a deep way, and, and how do we really prepare our hearts. And we are carrying on in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1, in our scripture, we've got lots of scripture today, which is wonderful, because you can't beat the Word of God. Luke one fifty-seven. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, father Zachariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened, and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. And we're skipping ahead some in this song of Zechariah, down to verse 76. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. So let's put up the um, image, please, of that Betty Dickinson, the artwork that she's done. So this one's called Making Room for Preparation. And you can see how beautiful it is that John the Baptist is, is the baby there. And his swaddle becomes the road for Mary and Joseph and the donkey. Do you see as his, his swaddling claws stretch into the road? And the symbol of John... Preparing the way for Jesus to come. And you'll see the mountains and the valleys. And as we read further on, we're going to um, go back to Isaiah with the promise of the mountains having to become lowered. And the valleys raised up and the road becoming straight in preparation for Jesus to come. And you'll see in the stump, the stump of Jesse off to the side that we talked about, that Jesus is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, he is the shoot, the shoot that's going to, the shoot of life that's coming out to revive the stump of Jesse. So just take a minute to to gaze throughout the artwork and see if the Lord brings anything to your attention leave it up throughout as we're talking and more will come to light as we read more of the scripture. (coughs) So, um, let's go back to the beginning of that part that we read this morning about Elizabeth. When it came time for Elizabeth to have John, her neighbors and relatives came to rejoice with her, and they're all assuming that John is going to be called Zachariah. That was the tradition not only were babies called after a relative, but they followed in the family line, the family business. So like Jesus became a carpenter, like Joseph, they, they often took on the role of their father. So the relatives all assumed that the baby would be called Zachariah and that he would become a priest. He would carry on the priestly line. <coughs> uh, Zachariah, too much laughing last night. <laughs> um, Anyways, so Elizabeth makes a bold move. She says, Zachariah still can't talk. And so she says, his name is John. And this has been percolating throughout the pregnancy, the words of the angel that said, his name is John, and not only that, he's going to be a prophet like Elijah. The angel already pronounced not only his name, but his calling. He's going to be a prophet. He's going to have a very special role, and he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And so this whole time, Elizabeth's been pondering these things, and she gets to be a prophet here. She gets to call out this to her relatives and friends. She gets to to affirm the word of the Lord over the cultural oppression. She gets to do it with Mary, doesn't she? she? We talked about how she calls out Mary and um, affirms Mary's calling as the mother of Jesus but she also gets to do it with John and say his name is John and uh, pronounce that she is a a prophet and it's beautiful and then the relatives are not happy with that that's that's not acceptable they're like well wait a minute you have no relatives by this name are you sure about this so they go to Zachariah and he motions for a tablet And the shift in Zechariah between the first time when the angel visited him in the temple and now is quite striking. Betty uh, highlights these differences and says, After nine months of anticipation, Zachariah's silence breaks when he writes the name John, which means God is a gracious giver. Here we see a complete transformation of Zachariah from the beginning of the story. From questioning, how can I be sure? To confidence, saying, his name is John. That's what he writes. From focusing on his own limits, I am an old man, to focusing on God's glory, he began to speak and praise God. From being bound in silence, being free to speak his tongue is set free so this whole nine months of silence as he waits as he listens as the Lord takes out those roots of bitterness remember how we talked about the years and years, the decades, they waited for God to answer their prayer. And I think there was some, some bitterness that set in with Zacharias. Some, you know, in the way he answered Gabriel, how can I be sure of this? Some doubt, some, some real roots that needed to be weeded out of Zacharias' heart. And this time of silence allowed the Lord to weed out some of these roots so that he could sing the song he was meant to sing. Mary sang the song she was meant to sing as uh, the Lord spoke to her through the angel and prepared her and and as Elizabeth affirmed the calling, And Zachariah ends up singing the song he was meant to sing through this time of stripping away, this time of silence as the Lord worked on his heart. It's a beautiful, beautiful story of redemption. So let's pause for a minute and think about a time um, that the Lord has used silence in your life to work on your heart, to prepare you for something that you were called to sing. I'll just, before we do that, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Um, it's about maybe five years ago um we felt called to shift churches and i went into a time of three years of silence where i wasn't asked to preach i wasn't asked to lead worship it was just a whole time where the lord said just be still just listen i'm doing preparation in you and um I didn't know all that he was doing for a long time, but he sent me into a long period of silence to hear from him, to let him work on my heart and remember that i told you that the month before i came here last february the lord led me into a a deep time of repentance for things that he was able to bring to my mind in this at the end of the time of silence i was coming out of it and, and he had prepared me for some months but um it was just a beautiful time of of waiting on him heart, <clears throat> of course, and saying, okay, have you cast me aside? Have you? Are you finished with me? Are you, what's going on? But allowing him to do the work in my heart to prepare me for a new ministry, to prepare me for his kingdom to come more fully in me and in those around me. So let's pause and just ask the Lord. Maybe you feel like you're in a time of silence right now,
1: or maybe...
0: There's something that you know the Lord is doing or stirring, and you just haven't leaned into it yet. So let's listen and see what the Lord is is saying to us. Lord, we want to receive what you're doing, both in times of silence and in times of singing the song that you've called us to sing. So Lord, would you show each of us what it is you're stirring and doing in our heart? Is it a time of preparation to sing a new song or a time of weeding out roots of of doubt, bitterness, or whatever there is in our heart, Lord? Help us to be available. Help us to be um, supple and teachable and soft-hearted in your hands, Because you work on us with kindness. You love us. You draw us with your kindness. So we thank you, Lord. And as Zacharias sings this song, he says... Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come to his people and redeemed them. And then he carries on, and you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. And again, just like in Mary's song, it's not just about her, and it's not just about what God is doing in her life, it is about the whole people that God is redeeming. Right? It's beautiful, because remember that um, last week, We had the the painting of the scales on where the poor and the marginalized were being lifted up. Those who were oppressed and and the, the rich and the proud were being brought down. And Mary says, not only have you seen me and you've raised me up, you've raised up all of your people. You have brought salvation to your people. And it's the same thing here. It's always God's kingdom always goes beyond us and what God is doing in us. And we then have to say, Lord, what are you doing in us that is then to impact the world? And it's the same here with Zachariah. He's not just focusing on himself and oh I can speak again and I have a son that's gonna be great and da, da 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 da. It's it's all about you have redeemed your people, the whole world. In fact John The sacrifice that Zechariah is making for his son not to follow in the priestly line, not to bear his name, he's saying, this is for the greater good. This is so salvation can come to the people of Israel and then to the whole world. It's always beyond us. It's always for the sake of the whole world. And um, so... He goes on to say, yes, you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. And that word prepare in the Greek actually um, brings images of what they did to prepare for any king going into a city, arriving in a city. Someone would actually go out to the roads and they would level any bumps, they would make the road straight, as straight as possible. They would move any obstacles. So there was a time of preparation before a king would come into any city. They didn't want, you know, the, the caravan to, to uh, or the animals carrying the horses or the caravan or the, or the king and his people to trip and to have stumble and all of that. So the road was carefully prepared for the arrival of anybody important, And it's the same with Jesus. They're using that analogy, saying John is the one called to prepare the road, to bring down the mountains and to bring up the valleys and to make the road straight. But it's something different than you think, of course, because it's all spiritual preparation. So we're going to hop over to Luke chapter 3, verse 2 to 16, which tells us more about what this time, what this preparation is. (laughs) Luke chapter 3, verse (laughs) 2. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation." John said to the crowds, coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? "'Don't collect any more than you're required to,' he told them. "'And then some soldiers asked him, "'And what should we do?' "'He replied, "'Don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. "'Be content with your pay.' "'The people were waiting expectantly "'and were all wondering in their hearts "'if John might possibly be the Messiah. "'John answered them all, "'I baptize with water,' But one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Any mother will tell you that receiving a new child into her life, into my life, involves preparation. Right? my body any woman's body must make room for the baby and we talked about this over the the course of the last few weeks but also we must make room in our souls in our whole lives i have to yield i had to yield to the fact that i wasn't the center the baby became the center. I had to be decentered, right? And everyone tried to prepare me for that. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> I was teaching. I was flat out. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just bring the baby along. You know, I can do whatever, you know. It's like, no, nope, no, nope, that's not how it works. That is not how it works. You have to set yourself aside and that, that life, that schedule, the needs of the baby, it just it takes over. You de-center yourself. And this is what is happening. This is what is happening. John says, to prepare for Jesus to come into your heart, to prepare for the kingdom of God to be centered in your heart, you have to decenter yourself this is repentance this is repentance means to change directions right it's we I talk in the classes that I teach the discipleship classes that confession is one thing it's like throwing a piece of trash throwing the trash out of the trash can but repentance is like getting rid of the trash can itself it's saying, I'm turning a whole other direction. I'm aligning with the spirit and I'm saying, the kingdom of God is centered. Jesus is centered, centered in my life, not me. And this is a very, very important part of preparation. Preparing for Jesus to come, to be our savior, to be our Lord but also to prepare for the kingdom to come more fully in our lives and in the lives of people around us, in our community. We need to keep decentering ourselves and centering Jesus. So, um, John says to the people, well, the people are saying, well, what do we do? Because he's saying, he's saying, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Think it's, about it. This is what the next step of repentance is. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And so the people, all these different types of groups of people, are saying, well, what do I actually do then? What does this look like? What does repentance look like? And John gives some very practical things. He says, you know, if you're wealthy, if you've got two tunics, well. Give, give one away, like we're doing downstairs. If you've got too much, just give it give it away. Let's share. This is part of the leveling, the leveling of the road, bringing down the wealth, bringing up poverty, bringing down those that are rich, and bringing up those that are poor, saying, in God's kingdom, we level it. This is part of leveling the road. Bringing down the mountains and the hills. And then the tax collectors say, well, what should we do? And John says, well, don't collect any more than you're required to do. Don't use your power for evil. Don't abuse the power and position that you have. Again, that's part of bringing down what is evil. You know, in the the balances, the scales from last week again. Right, bringing up the poor and the marginalized, bringing down those that use their power and wealth to to gain and to have an advantage. And that's part of the, the leveling. That's part of the leveling. And then the soldiers say, and what should we do? And John says, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Don't use your power. Don't use your power to extort others. Don't use your power for evil. Wealth and power, money, greed, all of these things. This is the leveling. So let's pause again. And we're going to ask the Lord to show us where things need to be leveled in our lives. Where is there something... Is there something we're clinging to? Is there a way that we are hanging on to wealth or to power? Are we using things for our own advantage? Or where do we need to be decentered and allow Jesus to be centered more fully in our lives? Let's just pause again. Lord, would you show us where we need to repent and align with you? Where do we need to be de-centered? Where do things need to be leveled, Lord? If it's wealth, if it's greed, if it's uh, pride, anything, Lord. Help us to be open to what your Spirit shows us. And then it goes beyond us again. And we have to look at the fact that certain people groups are being marginalized. Who needs to be elevated to make a level path? You know, Martin Luther King Jr. actually referred to this passage in Isaiah in his speech, I Have a Dream because he was talking about racism and talking about the impact on the society and and this whole idea of where is where are we guilty of racism or sexism or classism or any of that that needs to be leveled in our thinking or in our community. Where are there people groups that are being marginalized? Where are there things that God is wanting to... Tug at our hearts and say, "This needs attention. This valley needs to be raised up. This people group, this people group needs to be, to celebrated, and they need to be included." And so, you know, many, many times I have met people that were not aware, and often, often we are not aware where there is sexism or classism or racism that gets into our thinking because of our culture. So lots us just pause this is the deep work of repentance this is letting the lord show us and put his finger on where where are we out of line with his spirit where do we need to have a heart for a people group or for um yeah just that those valleys that need to come up so lord show us we pray When God shines his light on these things in our lives, he fills us with the knowledge of salvation. As we repent of the darkness exposed within our hearts, God removes the barriers between us and between one another through forgiveness. This is the path of peace. Confession and repentance are absolutely crucial For having the kingdom come more fully in our lives. This is what it means to prepare the way for Jesus. Prepare for his first coming into our hearts. Or his first coming, he came as a baby. But the coming into our hearts as our savior. But also preparing for his second coming. Preparing for the fullness of the kingdom. This happens through Repentance. God comes into the world through forgiveness, and we make room for him through repentance, through aligning with him. That's really what repentance is. Aligning, going where he says, walking in step with the spirit, making turning around that full circle and saying, not my way, but your way. Decentering ourselves and walking in line with the Spirit. God comes into the world through forgiveness, and we make room for him through repentance. So let's just breathe. This is, Some of you are familiar with breath prayers. Some of you are not. But I just want that breath prayers are simply just taking a phrase, breathing in one phrase, breathing out another. And so we're going to breathe in and say, I repent. And as we breathe out, say, you forgive. So if you are ready to repent of what the Lord has shown you, Um, the Lord showed me something as I was preparing this sermon that he's like, oh, you're a little out of line here with what I'm saying. And I wasn't aware of it. And then he gave two people who weren't aware of anything. To confirm it to me. I never had to say a thing to anything. But he sent people. So if our hearts are open to him. He will show us. He will show each of us. He will line us up with him. That's all we have to say. Lord I'm willing. Show me. And then he'll send people to confirm that. So uh, breathe in. And if you're ready to repent. Say I repent.
1: And then as you
0: breathe out. You forgive and breathe in I repent and breathe out you
1: forgive and one more time breathe in I
0: repent and breathe out you forgive Lord we truly ask this day and this coming week, as we move closer to the celebration of your birth, that you would deeply prepare our hearts, show us each and every day how to decenter ourselves, to center you, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We long for your kingdom to come more fully, and it will more and more fully come within us and within the community around us as we Repent as we give you more and more permission to reign in our lives, in every area. We allow, we make room for more of your kingdom within us. Shine your light in the areas of darkness. Shine your light. It's your kindness that draws us to repentance. We don't need to worry about uh We don't need to be afraid, Lord, to to repent, because it is your kindness, your love that draws us deeper into you, deeper into your way, into your love. And so we thank you, Lord. Thank you what you've revealed to each one of us. May your kingdom come more fully, Lord in us individually, in this church, in this community, and in our world, for the honor and glory of the Father, through the power of Jesus Christ, amen.
2: You know that wouldn't be a, a bad way to start every prayer our prayer time yeah. like to just do that process it's, it's so beautiful um, who would ever have thought that the Christmas story would be so richly endowed with points as that book is bringing her what's the wood. name of that book again making room in Advent Wow um, it was just so beautiful, and especially the time of listening where he, had, he couldn't speak. And
1: that, what I
2: got when I did that was so good. It was just wonderful stuff. Um, we uh, need to do a couple of things that we weren't able to do last night amidst the, uh, the joy and splendor and chaos. <laughs> was last night. Boy, it came and gone. Boy, it was, it was fun, though. The game, if you weren't there, we had to pass uh, gifts from left to right. Nobody knew. I was watching people, and they were just handing it to whatever. They didn't know left from right. (laughs) It was funny, but someone ended up with a gift, which is good. And the kids had a ball downstairs. There must have been 20 kids down there. And Santa Claus was there. So it was fun. Um, We just want to say a, a thanks, first of all, um, to Tony. Tony. Um, a lone clap in the back. The reason we I want to make special emphasis on Tony is because he took on the job of being the treasurer. And if you could have seen the confusion that we were in when we were given the position to fill and trying to fill it and trying to make sense out of something that had been done for 10 years or more and we just never had to think about it and all of a sudden we had to think about it and uh And we tumbled through the first few months and tried, but we were so busy and everyone was so full, but Tony finally came and said, okay, let's do this. Um, And he has been so faithful, and it has been really hard. It's still, we're still untangling things that we didn't know how it worked and finding out how to make it work. Um, And it's such an important position within the church uh, because you can't make mistakes with this. Um, so I just want to thank Tony for stepping up um, and taking on something that really isn't in his comfort zone.
1: Um,
2: and, uh, but he's learning to get comfortable with it. But for all the times you aren't, we just want to thank you.
1: And come on up, we just want to give you something.
2: Yeah, we better not take the top off that frustration.
1: (laughs) 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 That's awesome.
2: Oh, my heavens. Yeah, we've had some moments where we're just looking at each other and going, I don't know, and he's saying, I don't know, but but it works out. It does work out in the end. Um, Now we want to um, thank someone who you guys never see and you never hear, but it's Jeanette. Hi uh, Jeanette, she's hiding back there in the sound room. Go Jeanette. Come yeah. on up, Jeanette. Uh, Every week, Jeanette faithfully comes and does the interpretation. Um, and we have a thing, a little mic, and she can speak, and then it goes into the earphones of the people that are listening. It is a hard job. That's right. It is hard. <laughs> It's a gift thing, really, to be able to do it. And we've seen many of the other uh, Africans who know the language are going, oh, I'm not, I'm not interpreting. <laughs> because it's so hard. Um, but she's faithfully here every week doing this, and we just want to say thank you, Jeanette. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you for the gifts last night that were given. And uh, the kind words that were said about Stephanie and I. Uh, It really is a privilege uh, to serve here. It is. God is making us a family in a way that he never has before. We've been through some stuff the last couple of years together. We have been through some stuff. And uh, God is faithfully here. You are faithfully here. Supporting the work, believing in what God is doing in you and in us. And that God has a mission for this church. And if he has a mission for the church, that means he has a mission for you. Because you are part of the church. You are the church. So God's mission is you. And what he's doing through you. And uh, it's just a privilege. It really is. It's been hard, and you guys have stood with me. And it's been a, a, it's been a go, but man, it's been good. It has been good, especially the last months. It seems the sky's breaking a bit, and and we're, hey, we're thankful that uh, your dad is here. Yes. Karenia's dad is here from Cuba. He's out. He's out.
1: <laughs>
2: and uh, an update on Bolo, who is trying to get out of Cuba. He is on the uh, border of Mexico and the United States waiting. Because they're getting, I don't know how it's all working, but he's just we just got to get him in America. Uh, and then he'll be okay. I haven't heard from him for three or four days, but uh, which concerns me. But anyway... That's where he is right now, so keep praying. Speaking of uh, praying, um, Bill Wozni, some of you, most of you already know, but Bill Wozni, his heart has stopped twice. Um, He had a tube down, and they had him in a coma and stuff, but I heard an update last night that they took the tube out. He's breathing, and he is aware He's aware that they're in the room with him, and he is responding to a certain amount. He's responding. So that's the picture I got when I first heard. I saw him laying on the bed, speaking, responding. So this is good. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been in situations before where doctors have said one thing, but God is saying another. So in the end, we're going to trust God uh, in these things. So I'm just really believing for a a full recovery. Father, we thank you for uh, what you're doing in Bill. We stand as a group of your children, believing for another one of your children, that Lord, your perfect will is going to come about here, and you're going to defy the odds of this situation, and that, Father God, we're going to see something really beautiful here. And this, in a strange way, is a gift to Bill. I don't know how, Father, but I believe there's going to be a beautiful thing attached to all of this. So, Father, we thank you that you are the one who takes what the enemy would try to make for evil and you turn it for good. You are the one who takes ashes and turns them into beauty. You are the one who gives strength in weakness. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We also want to pray for Judy and Reg. They are down in Bridgewater now with Judy's sister. Judy's sister has uh, terminal cancer. Very quick prognosis. It came very quickly. Uh, And they have, have offered her... Uh, medically assisted suicide.
1: Um,
2: And she's thinking of taking it. So, uh, anyway, Judy just wants us to pray about that. um, And just, you know, believe that God's going to do something. Lord, we lift up this situation. And, uh, Father, we know that this is more and more becoming the solution, the medical solution Uh, for people. And Father, you own our days. And Father, I pray that we as a people and for Judy's sister, that she would not try to become the Lord of her days. But that Father, she would somehow surrender her days to you. Uh, So Father, I pray this also for my sister Ginny, who has been offered this and is thinking about it, that Father, she would surrender her days to you, Lord. And so, Father, as, as this option is becoming more and more prevalent in our society, we pray that faith would more and more become evident in the lives of the people that are being given this option, and that, Lord, somehow there would be intervention, and they would reach out to you and trust you with their days instead of a doctor. So, Father, we thank you for doctors. We thank you for legitimate medicine that helps us and and, uh, heals us and and does some amazing things. But, Lord, also it can be used against us. So, Lord, we pray your intervention in these uh, situations. And uh, I want to thank Roseanne for decorating all the tables and everything last night. She did a wonderful job. There's an interior decorator floating around inside of her somewhere. Yes, and a gift maker, that's right too. Yeah. So, um, yes, let's take up an offering. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. Uh, what a great service, Dad. What a great service. And we just thank you uh, with his offering, and we do it as an act of worship and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.